What's up everyone? Good morning. Once again, welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. Once again, for those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people tuning in from all over the place. And then for those of you that continue to worship with us online through generosity, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, Thank you so very much for worshiping with us through giving and generosity. You allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Continue to do that. Today we continue with our current series entitled Heart to Heart. And again today and over the next few weeks, this is what we're doing. I just want to share some of the most important lessons in my life that I've learned and some of the most important passions of my heart with you passions of my heart for you, passions of my heart for me, for our church, and for our city. And so today we move on with part two. Now, you know that feeling that you get when you try to send a text message to someone and after you press send, you look down and you realize, uh-oh, I sent that text message to the wrong person. I meant to send it to this person, but I sent it to that person and that usually happens when you're texting several people all at once and then you kind of lose your place and you get mixed up. But think about that feeling that you get when you send that text message and you press send and it goes to the wrong person. Think about that panic feeling that you get, that oh no feeling that you get. You wish you could reach into that digital world and take that text message and just pull it back and take it back. A while back, a couple of years ago, one of my family members was trying to send me a text message expressing their frustrations about another family member. But instead of sending that text message to me, they sent that text message to the family member that they were frustrated about. And they called me to let me know, hey, heads up, I was trying to send you a text message, but I accidentally sent it to the person that I was talking about in the text message. Man, that produces fear. That produces anxiety. That's when you wish you could just delete it from ever happening, but you can't because many times what is done is done. And so then the only thing you can do is try to explain yourself. Like, you can try to delete it from your phone if you don't ever want to see it again, but you can't ever delete it from their phone because again, what's done is done. Now, understand something. Jesus lives, he loves, he performs miracles, he forgives people, he helps people, he feeds people, he serves people, he sets people free. Then he gets arrested, then they crucify him, they murder him in public, and then he rises from the dead. After he rises from the dead, Jesus starts to appear to many of his disciples. And all the disciples are just overwhelmed with joy because before they thought they lost their rabbi. He's gone, our heart is broken. Three days later, he stepped out of the tomb and their hearts are just on fire. Except for Thomas. Thomas isn't real sure if he believes that. He's not real sure if he believes that Jesus rose from the dead, and so he is full of doubts. We pick up today in John chapter 20, starting in verse 24. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus appeared. They told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, 
I'm not going to believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound of his side. Verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them in that room, and he says, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger right here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer, but believe. Verse 28, Thomas says, My Lord, my God. So I think we could all agree that Thomas right here was not supposed to doubt. Jesus did not want Thomas to doubt. It was not a good thing that Thomas doubted. And that wasn't something that God was leading Thomas to do. He said it. He didn't believe that Jesus was alive. And then after Jesus appeared to him, I bet he was thinking, yeah, I wish I could take that back. I wish I could unsend that comment of not believing that Jesus really rose from the dead. But what's done is done. Just like everything else in life, many times what's done is done. When you have something in this life that causes you to struggle, it causes you to get weak on the inside, it causes anxiety and fear and confusion. Maybe you start to lose some of your faith. Maybe you start to lose some of your passion. It's like whatever you're dealing with, you can't go back and redo it. You can't go back and unsend it. You can't go back and change it. You can't go back and unsay it. You can't go back and undoubt it. What's done is done. But here's what I find so great about this story. When Jesus showed up, notice the type of God that Jesus is. Notice the love. Notice the heart. Notice the faith. Notice the compassion. Notice the grace. Notice the mercy. Notice the kindness. Have you ever made a mistake and then someone else is just not going to give it a rest? They're just not going to let it go. Have you ever made a mistake in this life and a parent or a sibling, a spouse, a co worker, a friend, a family member, they just bring it up to you over and over and over again. There's no rest. They're just not going to let it go. And when this happens, you already feel guilt. You already feel conviction. You already feel heavy. You already feel bad on the inside. But now, because they will not give it a rest, you get no rest from the guilt. Because they won't give it a rest, you get no rest from the shame. You get no rest from the regret. You get no rest from the pain on the inside and the heaviness. So what do you do? Many times you isolate yourself and you start to focus on everything that you think is wrong with you and everything that someone else has pointed out about you that they think is wrong with you. But did Jesus do that to Thomas right here? Did Jesus point out everything that he thought was wrong with Thomas right here? Did he hang that doubt over his head? Did he hang that moment of weakness over his head over and over and over again and just wouldn't let it go and just wouldn't not give it rest? Nope, that is not what Jesus did. He didn't sit Thomas down and go over his mistake again and again and again so Thomas could finally get the point. So it could finally seek in. This is what you've done. This is what you've done to me. This is how you've hurt me. I'm going to hang this over your head over and over and over again so you finally feel guilty enough to change. So you finally get the point. That's not what Jesus did. That's what church in the past and religion in the past has done to us. But that's not what Jesus hid right here. This is what Jesus did. And notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Jesus didn't bring Thomas back to his doubt. He instead brought Thomas forward to belief. 
He didn't bring him back and say, see what you did wrong? Instead, he brought him forward to something new. He brought him forward to something peaceful. He brought him forward to something gracious. He brought him forward to something loving. He brought him forward to a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. He brought him forward to grace and a new future. He didn't say, why did you doubt me? He did not say, you don't believe me or the disciples. He didn't say, you don't have faith. No. That would have added weight to Thomas's guilt, the guilt that he already has. That would have added weight to his shame and his regret and his heartache and his fear and his pain. The pain and the fear and the guilt and the regret that he already had. If Jesus would have done that, it would have added more weight to his pain. He probably would have just walked away. But that's not what Jesus came to do. With Jesus, because of the cross and the resurrection, What's done is done. What's in the past is in the past. It's over. And he did not come to take us backwards to prove a point. He didn't come to take us backwards to show us every single time that we've messed up to pile guilt on top of guilt. Jesus came to take us forward into faith, forward into hope, forward into love, forward into grace, and forward into new beginnings. He is not interested in adding weight to your past. He's not interested in adding weight to your guilt and shame and regret. He wants to bring you forward to hope. And this is what steals our peace, though. This is what steals our joy. This is what steals our happiness. When we don't realize that Jesus is not trying to bring us back, but he's trying to bring us forward. And when we allow other people to keep piling guilt on top of guilt in our life, and when we pile guilt on top of guilt in our life, usually what happens is this, we fall into this trap of looking back. But what's done is done. You can't go back and undo any of that. So what about what's ahead of you? When someone hates or dislikes some part of their life, they just want that bad part to go away. That's all that they want. It becomes so overwhelming that eventually that's all they can see in their life and they start to practice self-hatred. In the center of hurt, they quickly forget that they're talented. In the center of loss, they quickly forget that they're loving. In the center of sadness, they quickly forget that they're gracious. In the center of despair and addiction and rejection, they quickly forget that they're kind and they're generous and they're needed and they're loved and that they have a servant's heart. People who give up, really, they're just tired. They're just tired of always seeing and being reminded of everything about their life that they wish they could change. It's like they can't get any rest from the past. They can't get any rest from the guilt. They can't get any rest from the regret and the shame and the heartache, and they just won't rest. Did Jesus give Thomas more guilt? Did Jesus give Thomas more shame and more regret when he doubted? Absolutely not. Jesus helped Thomas look forward to hope. He helped Thomas look forward to peace. He helped Thomas look forward to a brand new day. And he helped Thomas look forward to rest. What's done is done. Let's go forward. What a great, great God that we have. So speaking of text messages that were meant for someone else. Sometimes you and I can accidentally send a text message meant for someone else to the wrong person. But sometimes someone can accidentally send a text message to you that was meant for someone else, and they were talking about you, but they accidentally send it to you by mistake, and you get it, and you see how they really feel. Has that ever happened to you? That has happened to me. 
A few years ago, I got a text message from someone that was a really close old friend of mine. We grew up together, and then they moved off to another state, but they still kept in touch, still kept in contact. And one day, I got a text message from this person, and this text message was criticizing me. And then I made sure that they knew that they sent the text message to me instead of the person that they were trying to send it to. Long story short, this is what was happening. This person was trying to send a text message to his pastor because apparently on this day they were both having some fun criticizing me and cutting me down. And he accidentally sent it to me. And when I let him know, hey man, wrong person, he apologized over and over and over again. You know, Christians, we're the worst at tearing each other down. And churches are really bad about adding weight to other people's hurt. Churches are really bad about adding weight to other people's guilt and their shame and their regret and their weaknesses and their pain and their past. Everyone listening to me right now is a doubting Thomas. Everyone hearing these words right now is a doubting Thomas. We all have doubted. We all have walked away from the faith at times in our life. We all have messed up. We all have guilt. We all have shame. We all have weaknesses. We all have regrets. We all have a past. And as the church, we need each other. And it is our job to love people like Jesus loves people. And this is one of the passions of my heart. It's our job to help people see that their life is in a different light. It's our job to help people look forward and not back. It's our job to help people look forward to faith and hope and love and new beginnings. It's our job not to add weight to people's heartache and pain, but to add peace and hope and new beginnings to their life. People know why they have burdens and they need rest. People know why they have guilt. People know why they have shame. People know why they have weaknesses. People know why they have heartache. People know how, why they have regret and they need rest and they don't need weight added to that. So it's our job to help people see that what's done is done and let's go forward with Jesus Christ. I'm sure Thomas didn't know what to do in this moment. I have doubts. I've let myself down. I think I let Jesus down. I don't know what to do now. And this is one of the passions of my heart. Jesus helped Thomas see his life right here in a different light and in a different way. Thomas didn't have to run from anything. He just had to change his perspective. And according to Jesus, you're not a doubter. You're a believer, so believe. And so that leads us to this question. What do you do? When what's done is done, what in the world... Do you do? The weakness has been there. It has happened. It's over. The mistake has happened. It's over. The guilt has happened. It's over. The regret has happened. It's over. The battle has happened. It's over. The storm has happened. It's over. And you don't really know what to do or how to move forward. Well, I'm glad that you want to know because this is what we do. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. You can't run away from yourself, but you can change the way that you see yourself. You can't run away from you. You cannot ever run away from you. Running, it will not help you escape you. It'll never help you do that. 
So what we need is a perspective change. See yourself how Jesus sees you. Do you see yourself as a doubter? He sees you as a believer. Do you see yourself as a failure? He sees you as forgiven. Do you see yourself as weak? He sees you as stronger. Do you see yourself as messed up? He sees you as a masterpiece. What's done is done. It's over. So let's go forward. Let's go forward to hope, peace, love, and rest. When I was in junior high school, every single morning, my mom would carpool with a couple of other ladies that she taught school with. I was going to school in Moss Bluff at the time, but my mom was teaching at South Borgard with a couple of these ladies. We were living in Moss Bluff, and so they would carpool. And on this morning, my mom was going to drive, and so the ladies came to our house. We were all getting ready to go to school. I was already ready. I was already dressed. I was sitting on the couch in the living room. And the way our house was situated is we had the front door in the garage. Then we had a small kitchen. Then we had our living room. Then we had the hallway and the bedrooms. And so my mom is outside in her car fixing some things up and moving some stuff out of the way because there's other people that's going to ride with her to work on this day. And one of the ladies that was going to ride with my mom, a good friend of my mom, a good friend of my dad's, she came to sit inside the kitchen while my mom was outside. I'm sitting in the living room on the couch. This lady is in the kitchen sitting at the bar on a bar stool. Her back is facing the living room. She has the same hairdo like my mom has. She's facing the kitchen. My mom is outside. And then my dad wakes up. My dad is wearing nothing but his underwear. My dad comes walking down the hallway. He sees me sitting on the couch in the living room. He sees the back of that lady. He thinks it's my mom. He wants to sneak up on my mom early in the morning, give her a kiss, kiss her on the cheek, tell her good morning. He thinks that that's my mom, his wife, sitting on that bar stool, her back's facing the living room. He looks at me in his underwear. He's tiptoeing through the living room. He tells me to shh. Don't make a sound, about to kiss your mom. Here I am, I don't say anything. I'm watching this whole scene unfold. So my dad sneaks up behind this lady in his underwear, wraps his arms around her. He hadn't even brushed his teeth yet. Kisses her on the cheek and says, good morning, baby. She looks back at him. She starts screaming bloody murder. She runs out of the house screaming. And then my dad looks at me and I'm laughing hysterically. And he says, why didn't you say anything? I could have. I watched this whole thing happen. I watched my dad on his way to make a bad choice. I watched my dad go on his way to make a bad decision. And I could have stopped it by saying something, but I didn't speak up. I watched my dad in his underwear sneak up behind that lady and give her a kiss on the cheek because he thought that was my mom. Sometimes we have people in our life. And we can see that they're struggling. Sometimes we have people in our life and we can see they're going through heartache. We can see they're going through pain. We can see they're going through battles. We can see they're going through storms. And maybe they're real close to doing something painful. Maybe they're real close to making a mistake. Maybe they're real close to walking away from the faith. Maybe they're real close to giving up, giving up on life and giving up on God. Let me give you a challenge. And this is what it is. If you're still with me, Sam, still with you. Say something. 
Say something to them. Maybe you're watching them walk down a road and because of their heartache and because of their pain and because of the weight in their life and guilt on top of guilt, you're, making, you're watching them make a decision really close to giving up and walking away. Maybe say something. Show them love. Show them help. Show them grace. Show them mercy. Show them kindness. Show them sympathy. Show them empathy. Speak up. Say something. Help them see their life in a different light. One of the passions of my heart for me and for you and for our church, for people that are struggling with heaviness and weight and guilt is to help them see their life in a different light. Thomas, after his meetings with Jesus, knew I'm not that doubter. I'm not that weak. I'm not messed up. I'm not that broken. I'm a believer. I'm a disciple. I can have joy. I can be strong. I can worship. I can have faith. I can stand back up again. One of the passions of my heart is to help people who are struggling see their life and their future in a different light. And so let's speak up today and show people love. If we know that they're struggling and if we know that they're hurting and they're walking down a pathway of giving up and heartache, speak out, show them grace, show them love, and show them God. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. Stay tuned for the amazing Water's Edge Band. We cannot wait to see you back next week.